0: Hey, listeners, we have a very rare opening for an associate sound designer mixer here at De facto Sound. That's my sound design studio and the studio behind 20,000 Hertz. To learn more, visit jobs.defactosound.com. This application window closes on May 22nd. Now, onto the show. You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. This is a clip from Fast and Furious Nine. As you can tell, it's pretty intense. It has a lot of cool sound design, and it looks pretty awesome, too. Oh, right. It's probably hard to tell what's going on without the video. So let's rewind and try this again. But first, let's pull up the settings and turn on the audio description.
1: Mines explode behind the various vehicles. One blast takes out a military truck, and another hits the front of Roman's vehicle. A tire bursts. Dom wears a tense look, and Letty narrowly avoids a mine. Tej accelerates as a mine jostles the back end. In his car, Dom looks in the rearview mirror. A military truck explodes behind him. In slow motion, it flips through the air. The technology has changed so much, just uh, even since the last time you had an audio description uh, podcast.
0: That's Roy Samuelson, a voice actor and an audio
1: description narrator. Each streaming service that's launched in the last few years have had their own approach to bringing audio description.
0: Roy was the one who recorded that description for Fast and Furious 9. He's narrated hundreds of titles, including Spider-Man No Way Home, Star Trek Discovery, and HBO's Watchmen.
1: The officer in the pirate headscarf hops out of the van with a shotgun and bangs on the back door. Red Scare opens the door and tosses a man onto the ground. He zip ties the man's hands behind his back.
0: When people ask Roy what audio description is, he answers in a way that only a professional could.
1: You know, in the world of audio description, also called video description or descriptive video or descriptive narration, a describer, who might be the writer or the narrator, or maybe it's both the writer and the narrator, or maybe it's the company, but not the production company, nor the distributor, but a special other company gives their creation of a split track or a mixed track of a narrator. If the film or TV show even has it, which is depending on the distribution channel, like streaming, theatrical, broadcast, physical, like Blu-ray or DVD, or downloadable to your iTunes or Google Play or even YouTube, with any of these, each of which offers varying levels of access to the audio description, either on an app or a TV or a cable box or a Chrome browser with a special plugin. It's not exactly a simple answer maybe the audio description is separately downloadable that syncs up, that you can listen to a narrator or a synth voice, so it sounds like a conversational robot. Or maybe it's a narrator that sounds like a synth voice, but you don't know if the audio description is there until you hear it, which could be a few minutes into the show, so you wait and wait and wait and hope, and then you don't hear it, so you have to decide either to stop and complain or just put up with it. But if you do decide to complain, who do you complain to? Is it the local broadcast affiliate or the movie theater manager who's dealing with Karen's complaint about her unpopped popcorn kernel?
2: I like to call it an art form of describing scenes in visual content.
0: That's Thomas Reed, who's an expert in audio description.
2: Describing the scenes where there's no dialogue and therefore someone who is blind would have a really tough time understanding what's happening. So audio description is that art bringing that information to life.
0: Thomas grew up sighted and was always a movie
2: buff. So I was a big, avid fan of movies. That was a big part of my relationship too with my wife. When we went to the movies, it was something that we enjoyed together. So we experienced it together.
0: But then Thomas lost his vision and that shared experience changed.
2: So not having access to that, you know, that that same experience was really, that was difficult. That was really, really difficult, not only for me, but for us. Now, going to a movie or even watching something at home, as a blind person, it was sort of like, wow, you know, I I can just imagine how she would look over and realize he's not enjoying it the same way I'm enjoying it.
0: At first, Thomas just tried to get through it and enjoy movies using the standard audio track. He remembers the first time he put on a movie after losing his sight.
2: So that HBO movie music, you know, when it starts up, right? You know, that thing that they have. So that was coming on, so I'm like, okay, cool, what is this? And the movie started, and there was no dialogue. And there was no dialogue for, like, five minutes. I mean, it was a while. So I'm like, am I going to invest my time? Like, what is this? You know, so that happened several times. So it was always these decisions that had to be made. Am I going to continue to watch it? Are you really understanding what's happening?
3: I don't want to work to be entertained. (laughs) It's enough work.
0: That's Melody Goodspeed, who works at the American Foundation for the Blind.
3: Go to work all day. I have two kids, you know, and then the husband, and you have to cook and clean, and I do all of that stuff. And sometimes you just want to veg on the couch and watch a show and zone out, you know?
0: Like Thomas, Melody used to be sighted, but is now blind. After she lost her sight, she struggled to find TV shows that she could enjoy like she used to.
3: I was watching TV and just kind of would start to pick shows that had a lot of dialogue on them because I wasn't finding enjoyment out of the ones that simply had a lot of visuals with no context of understanding what was going on on the screen.
0: But then, Melody's husband stumbled onto that audio description setting.
3: And he's like, what is this? And we picked it on and my whole world just opened up because there was an individual that was describing those scenes, like these action-packed scenes.
0: Here's an example from breaking bad. Just, just
1: bang at you over here.
3: Walt watches oncoming traffic, then makes a sharp U-turn right in front of an SUV. The SUV collides with Walt's car. Later, Hank wears a neck brace and eats frozen yogurt
2: in bed. Mmm, hits a spot. Thanks, guys.
3: <laughs> I was really excited because I got to understand and I completely would follow when I was so into this, because now I'm finally getting the visuals that are not accessible to me.
0: Imagine watching a movie in a language you don't know without any subtitles or dubbing. It'd be almost impossible to follow the story. But once you turn one of these options on, it completely transforms the experience. For Melody, that's what it felt like when she discovered audio description. And to top it off, once the show was over, she could actually talk to people about it.
3: The funny thing is, it was a show that was very popular and I happened to uh, be walking down the hallway, it was on my way to work, and somebody was talking about the show the night before and I said, oh my gosh, wasn't that car scene amazing? And of course they just stopped. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's like, how'd she know there was that car scene? And how did she know it flipped? And how'd she know all this? And that is just an example of like, I am now included in the conversation. And so it's fun to be able to have that back.
0: At its core, audio description is just a single extra track of narration. But the process of creating that track can be pretty complicated.
1: What happens is the distributor hires a company that creates the audio description. And if you can imagine the audio description distinguishing itself from closed captioning, that it is a fully created script, it's almost like an adaptation.
0: In order for it to work, the description doesn't just need to be well-written, it also needs to fit between the natural gaps of the dialogue and other important sounds.
1: If you can think about, um, you know, the old thing, a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, a picture in a movie is 24 frames a second. So every second of a film or TV show, that's 24,000 words to choose from per second. And that's like two million words in a typical movie. And each one of those words needs to fit between lines of dialogue. So it's incredibly limiting. The people who write
0: descriptions have to make careful decisions about what needs to be described.
1: What is the most important element of the story visually that needs to be communicated in that incredible limited size? So it's, it's really cool to see how that happens.
0: For instance, listen to this classic scene from Seinfeld. In it, George has to push a Frogger arcade machine across a busy street. Notice how the description lets you understand the visual joke.
1: An overhead view of a three-lane street, George pushes the machine into the street and mimics the Frogger game. George continues to push the machine, bobbing in between cars and moving back and forth between the lanes. He pushes it to the curb. A large truck drives toward George. George holds up his hand the truck approaches, George leaps onto the sidewalk. (laughs) Bits of the machine lie on top of George.
2: Game over.
0: Described audio is
1: much more prevalent today than it used to be. These um, streaming companies are opting into it. And I can't help but think that they recognize the value, whether that's from pressure from blind organizations or whether that's their own bottom line recognizing, here's that many more subscribers that we can get, that there is something that's changing. But even so, it's still pretty hard to guess which titles
0: have descriptions and how they're gonna sound.
1: because not everybody knows about it, and everyone has their own kind of siloed approach to how it's being done. It really feels like the Wild West. And so what's happening is that there is an inconsistency. There could be a $10 million episode of television that might not even have audio description.
2: We sit down as a family and make decisions to watch something, and if it doesn't have audio description, we're pretty much not watching it, and that's them. So my wife and my two daughters, they're the ones who are really making that decision because often I might say, no, just go ahead and watch it. And they're like, no, we're not watching it.
0: Or maybe there is
1: described audio, but it's badly mixed, so it's hard to hear. And then on the opposite side, there could be a low budget film and the audio description just sings.
3: There just needs to be consistency. And I don't think people think about that.
0: Depending on where you watch something, audio descriptions can be wildly inconsistent, and sometimes they can even go completely off the rails. More after this. By the time I need to hire someone at my sound design studio, DeFacto Sound, I'm already slammed. That's why Indeed is super useful. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, Indeed takes all of the labor-intensive parts of searching and matching for candidates and does them for you. Indeed's smart matching engine will read through dozens of applications and cross-reference them against each other. Indeed will also send out messages to all the candidates that didn't make it with just one click. It's not just about saving time, it's also about quality. According to their own data, 93% of employers say that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, and we've got a great deal for you. Right now, our listeners can get a $75 sponsored job credit at Indeed.com slash Hertz. That's Indeed.com slash H-E-R-T-Z. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Congratulations to Gabrielle Patterson, who correctly guessed last episode's mystery sound. That's the sound of Fred Flintstone's scrambling feet. During the 1960s, sound editors Greg Watson and Pat Foley created some of the most iconic cartoon sound effects for Hanna-Barbera. They deemed this one the Temple Block Riot, which was created from a combination of percussion sounds and, of course, a temple block. And here's this week's Mystery Sound. If you know what that sound is, submit your guess at the web address mystery.20k.org. Anyone who guesses it right will be entered to win a super soft 20,000 hertz t-shirt. In recent years, audio description has become available on more platforms than ever. And as blind and low vision audiences hear more of these descriptions, they're learning what works and what doesn't.
3: I have a friend of mine who's Roy Samuelson who teases me that I am a kind of a snob or a connoisseur.
1: (laughs) There is this kind of audio description snobbery that's happening in the best way possible that our audiences are becoming sophisticated and demanding an experience that is in parody to what the sighted audiences get.
0: As a professional narrator, Roy often asks people about their experiences with described audio.
1: I've talked to audiences who listen to audio description that they say, I couldn't stand it, I had to turn it off. It was too hard to listen to. Sometimes the narrator's voice might completely clash with the type of movie that you're watching. Does the narrator of a scary, suspenseful movie talk to you like you're a baby toddler? Does a kid's show have an uninterested adult narrating who sounds as tasteless as cereal too long in the milk or even kind of creepy like a horror monster made to describe the lighthearted comedy romance film to you?
0: But it's not just about genre. A good narrator should be able to change their delivery on a scene-by-scene basis.
3: If there's a part that's very touching, you know, and very slow and in the rhythm, you don't want to have a piece of audio description where the voice is like not portraying that.
0: For instance, if you're watching Titanic, you probably wouldn't want the audio description to sound like this.
3: Rose pries her hand out of Jack's grip.
0: (laughs) I'll never let go.
3: She kisses his hand, then releases him. Jack sinks into the icy water and vanishes in the gloom. Or, if it's a fast-paced speed chase... I don't want to hear something like...
1: The car's going fast down the road.
3: It's okay, well, I kind of hear it's going fast because the engine clearly tells me it is. Are they being chased? Like, just walk me through it like a dance.
1: Stingray reaches under the wheel and presses a red button. Flames erupt out of the tailpipes. Stingray's car lunges ahead, leaving the pursuing car in the dust. Ideally, the
0: description should include as much detail as possible. But Thomas Reed has noticed that descriptions of a character's race or ethnicity are often left out.
2: The rule of thumb has always been, only mention race if it's relevant to the story. And I like to say, this is America, it's always relevant. It's information that you have. A sighted person gets that information automatically. What they do with it is their choice. What I do with that information, it should be my choice. Today, there's more diversity on screen. So it
0: makes sense that audio description should accurately reflect that,
2: Finally, it seems like the world is kind of catching up and we're thinking about these things. And we need to think about them for audio description, too. We have to be specific about the choices of words that are used to describe whoever is writing that needs to be familiar with the culture that's on the screen at that particular time.
0: A few years ago, Thomas saw a movie that he felt didn't do a great job of this.
2: What happens now determines what happens to the rest of the world. Black Panther. There was all the hype around Black Panther coming out, but it was so much more than that. It was like this experience, especially for Black people. And it was an event because it was Blackness in all its glory beautiful blackness on display and my audio narrator was probably a nice guy he sounded to me like a british white male to the point where he actually mispronounced wakanda and said wakanda my prince we are home
1: wakanda Mist floats around mountain ridges. The Wakandans look on. The tall towers of Wakanda rise up. Wakandans. Wakandan mountains. The high-rise buildings of Wakanda.
2: (laughs) I laugh because I remember seeing an SNL skit and and one of the guys was saying Wakanda.
0: Talk about Wakanda. Sweet. Wakanda forever. It's
2: like like indigestion, but racially. And it was so funny. And, you know, it brought back that for me. So when I finally had the opportunity to experience that event, I was taken out of it.
0: Currently, the actual creators of a movie or TV show are almost never involved in the description. So director Ryan Coogler probably had no idea what the description for his movie sounded like.
2: If I was able to have a conversation with Coogler, who made Black Panther, if he knew that, I don't think he would have went for that.
3: When it comes to movie directors and producers, a lot of them actually don't even know that they have audio description or even what that is on their show.
0: Getting more people who are blind involved in that process would almost certainly result in better descriptions. For instance, one of Thomas's biggest pet peeves is when he turns on described audio only to realize that it's an artificial text-to-speech voice.
1: E.T.'s finger begins to glow. He
3: raises his finger to Elliot's forehead.
0: I'll be
2: right here.
3: Elliot looks at E.T. and cries.
2: Blind people such as myself are quite used to synthetic speech because that's how we interact with computers. And while those voices have gotten a lot better and continue to get better, It can't replace an actual human narrator, you know? And unfortunately, there are some who are cutting a lot of corners because they want to save money.
0: But when you compare the cost of hiring a narrator to the overall budget of a movie. It's tiny, it's nothing, it's like the coffee that's served to the staff creating it or something. Audiobook companies could also save money by using text-to-speech voices. But of course, no one wants that. They want a professional, human narrator. And the people listening to audio description want the same.
2: You know, the idea that they're taking these shortcuts, and the the biggest insult to me is that we're not included in that conversation. So it's almost like, just take what you get and be happy.
0: At the end of the day, making audio descriptions better and more available is good for everyone.
3: My son was downstairs, and he had the TV on eating breakfast, and I noticed he had audio description on his show. Oh, my gosh, a pig!
0: On a poster, Winnipeg, Mabel runs across the fairground to the Winnipeg
1: stand.
3: If you could guess the critter's weight, you could take the critter home. And I'm like, Jonah, I'm not watching that show. You don't need to have it on. He's like, no, I like it. And I'm like, well, why do you like it? Can you explain? Because I was curious. And he's like, it helps me concentrate on the show. Like, I get more out of it with audio description than I do if I don't have it on.
0: If you're not hearing impaired, but you often watch shows with the captions turned on, then you already understand this. There are plenty of situations where audio description could come in handy, even if you're sighted.
3: My husband likes to watch audio description when we're in the car because he's driving. I mean, he's he's not going to look at the screen. At least I hope he doesn't or else we're in trouble.
0: (laughs) When you combine sound design, music, and dialogue with a great narrator, it's an incredible experience, whether you can see it or not.
3: It's an art form. It's writing, it's the sound engineering, and it's the narrator. When you're into a show and they have the whole mix of those three things, it does create kind of an audiobook for a sighted individual as well.
0: To hear what melody means, listen to this clip from House of the Dragon with descriptions by Roy.
1: A sea of white, fluffy clouds stretches to the horizon. A huge gold dragon rises above the clouds on leathery wings, bearing a rider. The sun at its back. The dragon glides over the clouds, then dives beneath them. So, to all of you streaming
0: services, here's an idea. Right now, streaming apps tether people to screens, so they can really only use them when they're sitting still. But what if people could tap a button and switch over to an audio-only mode? This would disable the video so it doesn't eat up much data, and it would default to described audio. Suddenly, people could enjoy their favorite shows in a brand new way. On a drive, on a run, while they're cooking, on a road trip, and the list goes on. It could even take a big chunk of listeners from podcasts. But hopefully not this one. There are over 285 million visually impaired people in the world. And every time a movie or TV show comes out that doesn't have audio description, it locks this entire group of people out of it. But if audio description wasn't just an afterthought, things could be so different.
3: What if the writer of the film had the script, but then also shared that script with the audio descriptive writer, and they worked in tandem? Could you imagine how great that would be to be able to have a new, fresh way of building an inclusive environment, but elevating entertainment for the whole world?
0: In the long term, getting more direct involvement from the writers and directors is an exciting idea. But in the short term,
3: The best and the most critical thing, I think, is having blind individuals that want to be a part of this and want this as meaningful employment to lead that charge in audio description for them to be the thought leaders.
2: There's several different aspects of producing audio description, and I personally believe that we can be involved in every aspect.
1: As a sighted narrator and as a sighted advocate, I want to make sure that our audiences who are experts, can contribute to this, whether it's in the the sound engineering, it's editing the writing, voicing the work, professional voice talents who are blind, or quality control.
0: Of course, we all love being entertained. But audio description goes beyond entertainment. It's also about sharing an experience with people you care
2: about. It's not just the individual, it's the families, it's work. It's just being able to interact with people. Like it's so much. We go to movies together, we watch TV together and we all want to be involved. We all want to have conversations. I can't tell you how many times I've used movies and television shows to make points to my daughters about things they need to know and and they can get, they can relate to. What if I can't really access that? You know, that, that takes away an opportunity to bond. It's connection. I think about
1: every time that there's an experience that I've had with a movie that moved me emotionally. The first thing I did was wanna call one of my dear friends and share, wasn't this great? This is such a great experience. Or if I saw it with someone, it's like, that experience is a connection. And our blind and low vision audiences deserve that experience too.
0: Thomas remembers going on a special anniversary date with his wife.
2: She found out that this particular theater had audio description, and and we went. And I had no idea. And it was a, a movie that we both enjoyed. It was a really romantic movie, Die Hard.
0: <laughs> McLean's car smashes through a toll booth, launching
2: into the air straight at the chopper. And the audio description worked wonderfully. So during the movie, I just remember kind of leaning over to her and saying, did that look as cool as it sounded? And she was really happy. Like, she always talks about that particular event because it just made her really happy.
0: Twenty thousand Hertz is hosted by me, Dallas Taylor, and produced out of the sound design studios of Defacto Sound. To hear more, visit defactosound.com.
1: This episode was written and produced by Marissa Flaxbart and Casey Emerly. It was story edited by Colin Devarney, with help from Grace East. It was sound designed and mixed by Jai Berger, with original music by Wesley Slover.
0: Thanks to our guests, Melody Goodspeed, Thomas Reed, and Roy Samuelson. If you'd like to hear more about their work, you can start by subscribing to two different podcasts. Thomas's podcast is called Read My Mind Radio, and read is spelled R-E-I-D. Roy's podcast is called The ADNA Presents, where he hosts an ongoing series called Know Your Narrator. And the next time you're binging your favorite show, turn on the audio descriptions. You never know, you might like it.
1: Thanks for listening.